Behind the many of the faces today here is a story of migration and it can be a story of loss or a story of regrowth. And recording those stories and ensuring they're not lost in the busyness of life is the important role of Westwards. Michael Campbell is the executive director of the program and joins us alongside two of their participants, Daniel Gobena and Manyo Bo uh, Bobo, who we're going to meet later on when she does a sonic journey on the music of Africa. But first of all, Michael, just explain what Westwards does. Westwards is dedicated to facilitating, creating and sharing the stories of Western Sydney. And Western Sydney is such a rich, diverse, brilliant place full of stories and experiences. And, you know, for me, who work there every day, it's the face of contemporary Australia. But what a rich mine of stories, not just from the African continent, but from around the world. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, the statistics tell the story. I don't love a good stat, you know, <laughs> because, you know, 40, over 47% of the population of Western Sydney speak a language other than English at home. Over 40% of the population of Western Sydney were born overseas. So what does the opportunity to tell stories give that percentage? The opportunity? Well, it is, quite frankly, being real about it, on, the, uh, on Thursday there was a, the close of a consultation period from the new Labor government for a new arts, culture and creative industries policy. And we in the arts, especially in Western Sydney, are really looking forward to when that new policy comes out because that's the potential. So take me through the Westwards African Literature Program and how that works. Right, so oh, it must be about six years ago, um, I sat down with Daniel and Noel Zihabamwe and they were, as part of the African-Australian Advocacy Centre, they were really keen to find a way and a channel for the stories from Africa to have a platform, to skill up the voices so that their stories could be communicated and shared. And so I went to um, another of our partners, a poet called David Adez, um, and he has got a family foundation with his sister, Leslie, and we got some money from them from their family foundation and we partnered with the African Australian Advocacy Centre and we started a whole lot of workshops with um, uh, people from the community, bringing them together, telling their stories, sharing their stories and then we started uh, publishing them. So we've got two anthologies of stories from them and we are with the Adez Family Foundation. We're going to be continuing that for the next three years. I want to find out what some of those stories are but let's go first of all to Daniel Gobena because you were one of the participants in the Westworld workshop. You're also the manager for the Mount E. Druid Ethnic Community Agency which has just published an anthology called Bridges your journey to Australia, take me through those stages. So my uh, journey to Australia started from Ethiopia and then from Ethiopia I went to New Zealand and I grew up in New Zealand and then uh, once I studied there and came over to Sydney and um, yeah, I've been, been here ever since. But I think it captures that great concept of the Af African diaspora because whilst Ethiopia was there, uh, Kenya also has a connection for you, is that right? Yes. Um, so my my mom was a refugee in Kenya, and my uncle were a refugee in Kenya, and then from my uncle became a refugee in Kenya, and then got an opportunity to settle in New Zealand, and um, he 
through a family reunion, joined him in New Zealand, and I grew up there. And then my mom ended up from Kenya to Canada and traveled in Canada. And then, you know, South Pole and North Pole, and we might as well spread and conquer. It's such a journey. I'm intrigued also by the Mount Druitt Ethnic Community Agency, or Mecca. Tell me a little bit about that. So Mecca um, mainly does, and probably could say it has two wings. One is that refugee migrant resettlement. The other one is working with young people. So we work with over 300 young people every week. Um, that is, we go into schools, run mentoring programs to young people who need a bit of encouragement, who need a bit of um, support to stay at school and to help them kind of plan their future together. Um, so, and the other side is that people who are new to Australia, I mean, my parents uh, were new, and I think I've explained it in my story, how my father had found it quite difficult to settle in into a new country and some of his struggles he've shared with me. So then as a manager to Mecca, then I carry on those stories. And when I'm serving someone, it's actually I'm serving my, my family in a way. And I love the fact that Mecca uses several tools to attract those kids, be it sport or politics. You'll one day be playing soccer and the next minute off to Parliament House. <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the um, excursions we do is to the Parliament House. So we take a group of young people and we take them there and they will have a mock debate at the Parliament, New South Wales Parliament. Um, it could be about, you know, should we raise the age of drinking to 21 or should we have a school open on Saturday? And they'll have a play about it. But the point is that it's, they cannot be what they cannot see. If they can sit on those seats and feel the seats and imagine and think big and that I could be could be that person, I could be that politician 10 years, 15 years down the track, is inspiring those young people and helping them to dream bigger, bigger. I think that's the ABC uh, say, think bigger. Because <laughs> one of the things I find intriguing is uh, you're a publisher, you're a youth worker, you're a mentor, you're a writer, but none of those are your training. By, by job, you're a chemical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you follow your desires in your heart. And um, I, I mean, growing up when I was very young, my uncle was an engineer. So I always thought of, because that's the person I saw that this, you know, well, I could, I could be an engineer. So I did follow it and I, I, was, I was passionate about doing those things. But I also saw that I'm so passionate working with people. Serving people is my passion. I, I, I get up and do it every day and, and I enjoy it. Um, is joining that. So um, I take on some of those skills I picked up in engineering, project management, how do you kind of think innovatively and get problem solving. But at the, at the heart of it is human relationship. It's not about solving problems. It's beyond that. It's about human relationship. Human relationship takes time. Fixing a machine is probably could be quick, but working with people takes relationship. Okay, so take off the chemical engineer hat, take off the youth worker hat, put on the author hat and tell me about the stories, your story and why you wanted to write it. So um, growing up, you have this identity crisis. You'll ask the question of who am I? Who am I here? How did I end up here? And then you will realise that when you have kids, you'll realize that they will have even bigger questions of who are we? Because the further they are from their roots of where they came from. So therefore, it is important for us to capture those stories. And as Michael was saying, that those stories of um, people of African diaspora or African Australians need to capture those stories. But it goes beyond African Australians. Like anyone who've travelled, and even if you haven't travelled, those family stories are powerful because the young kids, when they feel confused and lost, they'll go back to the book and open it up and say, that, who was my dad? And who was my mom? 
and how does he got here? And then those stories help them to settle, to understand. Uh, and even when we make mistakes and mess, they'll say, oh, I understand where that comes from. He has confessed it in his book, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it is important, it's powerful way of communicating and sharing those stories with a younger generation. Very shortly, we're going to catch up with Manyo. And I know that in her book, there are a few confessions, but also another enlightening story. The story, the themes of loss and belonging, but also, as we heard there from Daniel Gobena, that it's about his parents' stories. And Michael Campbell, the executive director of Westwards, there is almost a concern that these initial stories of settlement will be lost. And that's one of the important things that Westward retains those stories. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's about capturing the stories, but it's also about sharing the stories. And that's why we go out into the communities. We go out into the communities, the Indian community, the Rohingya diaspora, the African diaspora, to try and capture those stories and share them. So, for example, the two anthologies that we've published um, with, with Daniel and Monio has uh, helped facilitate those workshops for us. Um, we have them freely available on our website. And people can find out about Westwards at? Westwards.com.au. Oh, that's so easy to do. You mentioned Manyo there, and she is a digital journalist at the ABC, but also author of Hip Hop and Hymns. And you've been writing and leading workshops with Westwards. What drew you to do that? I've always wanted to give back to my community in the best way I can. And my tool, my skill is writing. So the best way for me to make a contribution is to help others find their own voices and write. But I know your journey as an author was a long and protracted one from fundraising through, uh, you know, through the web to generating the story and then working with the editor. It was a long path, wasn't it? It was a long path. I had this story in my mind from probably about 20 years ago. I knew I wanted to write a book. I wasn't ready to write it back then, but I certainly was tinkering away. And it took a long, long time to actually put it all together. And then when I was signed by Penguin Random House, that, that was about a year of writing and writing and rewriting with my publisher and editor there. But basically, the process of getting a book published is not an easy one, especially as an African-Australian, as you can see, because there are so few of us with books on the shelves. And my passion is to be able to create a space where we can tell our stories and have them read. And I, we've got copies of Hip Hop and Hymns for sale here at Afri Cultures. We've also got Rosemary Karaoke's book, A Joyful Life, for sale with the Little Lost Bookshop. We've got a stall here, so you can come and, and find out a little bit more about our journeys. Rosemary Karaoke, we did a Sunday brunch with when she was made the Community Leader of the Year for the Australian of the Year Awards, and that's an inspiring story. You, the title of your book gives it away a little bit. Hip Hop and Hymns means that it's a story torn between cultures. Yes, it is. It's a story not just about music. I think people look at the title Hip Hop and Hymns and think it's a book about hip hop. It's actually a book about my journey as a black woman growing up in a country town in Australia. Musselbrook, yeah. New South Wales. <laughs> um, so growing up there and just finding my place in the world, really, and also about my journey to become a journalist at the ABC. And so 
part of that also is about, you know, growing up in a place where I fell in love, you know, I went, went to school, I learnt quite a bit. But it's basically a story that I think speaks to a lot of people in the diaspora. But also for you growing up, was the stories of home strong in your household or did you have to find that? Well, mum and dad, I feel, didn't really make an active effort to teach us about our background. It was something that I feel like I found out things much later on after researching Ghana and researching the place I came from. But to begin with, it was not something that was actively encouraged in our household, really. It wasn't something that was discouraged, but mum and dad had other things they were dealing with, you know, fitting into a new society, building a home, you know, making sure we were fed and at school and happy and all that sort of stuff. You know, they were great parents, but when it comes to my culture, it's something that I kind of learnt about later on down the track. Manyo Bobo. She'll be back with us from 11 o'clock this morning on a sonic journey, not just through Ghanaian music, but the whole of the continent of Africa. Looking forward to that one. And we've also been talking with Daniel Gobena, but also Michael Campbell, who's with Westwards. And to wrap it up, it sounds as though we've got two great examples of stories that need to be told from Manyo as far as not receiving that knowledge but finding it out. And then Daniel, who has those stories that can be passed on. Just two great examples. Yes, but there are many, many, many stories of Western Sydney. I mean, it is surprising to most people when I say this. Over 10% of Australia's population live in Western Sydney. And for those uh, those other people of Sydney living maybe in the inner west or east or south or north, um, they feel like it's almost like another city. It, but it's really only like 25 minutes from Central to get to Parramatta. This feels like the face of contemporary Australia. And tell me about the award that Westwards just recently took out. Oh, we won a, a Zest Award, and that's particularly uh, an award for community um, arts and cultural projects, which uh, exhibit sort of social cohesion and builds towards identity. And, um, and so we won that award for our Living Stories Writing competition which goes right across Western Sydney and what it does is there's over $10,000 worth of uh, prize money on offer right across every single LGA it, and this year it was called The Other City. Well, we'll find out more at westwords.com.au. Absolutely. I got that right? You got that right. We're also on YouTube. We also have podcasts. We're everywhere. Oh, you are everywhere. I'd like to thank for joining us on the weekend show as we broadcast live from Africulture's Michael Campbell, Executive Director of Westwards, Daniel Gobana, the manager for the Mount Druid Ethnic Community Agency, engineer, author and mentor, and Manyo Bobo, who's going to be joining us at 11 o'clock for a sonic journey. Thanks to all of you. Thank you.